Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, everybody. You are listening live to the Red Zone Sports Report. My name is Chip Lake. I am your host. It is Thursday evening, November 17th, and uh, we have an absolute treat for you today on the show. For the second time on the Red Zone Sports Report, we are going to be having a locker room chat. Well, what's a locker room chat? Let's talk about it a little bit. Uh, We've had on the show before former Atlanta Falcons and North Carolina Tar Heel linebacker Buddy Curry. Uh, Buddy, along with his former teammate um, at the Atlanta Falcons, Bobby Butler, uh, started back in 2002 a nonprofit uh, organization called Kids and Pros, uh, whose mission is to develop character and skills through athletics um, Buddy and Bobby have done hundreds of clinics and camps and um, uh, all, all, uh, all kinds of uh, uh, seminars for both, uh, both kids and moms and parents uh, to teach them a lot more about heads-up football, teach them how to play football the safe way, and also teach them a little bit about life skills. Um, uh, there are five key character principles that uh, Kids and Pros focuses on sportsmanship, integrity, teamwork, perseverance, and excellence. So uh, I know Buddy very well. He is uh, certainly a friend of the Red Zone Sports Report. He is a friend to uh, really to kids all around the southeastern part of the United States where Kids and Pros has a large majority of their footprint. Um, as any nonprofit would do, um, you have fundraising events throughout the year. A lot of nonprofits end up having a golf tournament. Kids and Pros does a locker room chat, and then this week they had uh, their annual event at the College Football Hall of Fame in downtown Atlanta. And a locker room chat is uh, an opportunity to to uh, to have a former professional football player or a couple in this case get up on a panel and just tell stories about what it was like to be in the locker room, some of the discussions in the locker room. Um, And uh, this year we were lucky. Buddy was lucky and the Kids and Pros uh, team were lucky to have uh, two of the hogs, two of the best offensive line in NFL football, um, Joe Jacoby and Jeff Bostic, um, uh, moderated and facilitated as always, does a tremendous job, former Atlanta Falcons quarterback David Archer, who is uh, now part of the radio broadcast team for 92.9 The Game for the Atlanta Falcons broadcast. And so uh, you guys are in for a treat. I'm going to kick it over to uh, David Archer to introduce Joe Jacoby and Jeff Bostic. Um, I would encourage you, if you have time, to sit through the entire conversation we got some incredible stories to tell about John Riggins that are uh, that are really funny and really kind of inside, uh, really are inside the locker room. So, uh, going to kick it over to David Archer. But before I do, uh, to learn more about kids and pros, how to get involved, a little bit more about what they do, feel free to go to the website www.kidsandpros. K I D S A N D P R O S dot com. Uh, go check it out. Look at the fine work that they do. And without further ado, I'm going to introduce uh, the uh, former quarterback uh, for the Atlanta Falcons, uh, David Archer, to introduce our guests. Now, we've got two guys with us tonight. 
that were part of maybe the greatest offensive line in NFL history. Okay, when you talk about defensive lines, fearsome, foursome. Help me, Chuck. Monsters of the Midway. Uh, the Purple People Eaters. Uh, the Steel Curtain. I mean, I mean the, the names are... Li- you think about offensive line, you go, maybe the electric company when Buffalo been Buffalo? Nah. The Hogs. I got two of them. Jeff Bostic, Joe Jacoby. Welcome to the stage. Now, these guys are working their way up there. I'm going to give you some of the some of the particulars of these two guys. These guys were the best in the game at their position. And whenever you have, whenever you can be around guys that were the best in the game at their positions. Jeff played, go ahead, sit under, man. I'm going to take a load off. You okay? I can stand up. I'm not yeah. as old as you are. But, no, yeah, you are. Yeah, I'm older. <laughs> you are. That concussion hey. thing, right? <laughs> Big Jake and, Je- and Jeff. Now, these guys were the best at their position, okay? If you don't know who this guy is, Jeff Bostic played at Clemson. Okay, he was, an, he was an All-American at Clemson, All-ACC player at Clemson. Uh, left before they won the national championship, but still, he was a building block to the national top, right? Is that okay to say? And I've got a teammate that's here with me tonight that was at Clemson with me as a freshman in 1978, Cliff Austin. There he is, Cliff Austin. Played running back. Nice segue, Jeff. That's awesome. That's awesome. Cliff Austin was a running back on the national. You know what his name Clemson? was at Clemson? No, what was it? Junior. Junior. Yeah. Why'd you call him Junior? I don't know. Why do we call you Junior? <laughs> his mom called him Junior. Well, whenever your mom. If your mom calls it, I'm, I'm, I'm going to call you that too. Whenever you, yeah. I'm going to tell you what. I love the way Junior ran. <laughs> <laughs> offensive lineman. That's that's music to an offensive lineman's ears. Joe Jacoby. Uh, both these guys are the all-time Redskins. Uh, Ring of Honor. And, and think about that, the Washington Redskins. There may not be another story, more storied franchise in, NFL, in the NFL. Think about the names that have played. These two guys are among the greatest of all time to play with the Washington Redskins. Pro Bowlers, both three-time Super Bowl champion with these two guys. But we're going to forget about all that. Okay. We'll let him clap for it. I'm not going to forget about it. Uh, did All you right. forget about it, Jake? I took myself <laughs> He's not the best color guy in the league for nothing. Have you, got a, you don't have a mic? What's the deal? We, don't, we can give you a mic? Big guys get left out of everything. Big, yeah, you're out on the yeah, right yeah. side. Big guys not, get left he, out he of everything. He was out there on the outside. Uh, yeah, okay. I'm not. The height? Because a big guy, they're afraid they're approaching, hand him something. They're afraid he might bite their head off or something like that. You're not like that, though. No, you're, never. You're, no. He's a gentle. gentle he's a gentle giant. Yeah. Although we're going to dive into some stories now. Um, Jeff was sharing some stories earlier. Jake's going to show us share some with you too. Um, talk. I'm going to talk to you guys a little bit about some of the toughest, roughest guys you played against. And you guys played against Lawrence Taylor. Reggie White, we can stop there. Randy, Randy White. <laughs> For me, you right. could stop right there. All right, well, tell, tell us, tell about, talk about that, Joe, to get ready for a game, knowing that LT is going to be there in your kitchen all day long, or Reggie White. How do you get ready to play? It's, it's no different than any other person I was playing against. I, yes, I, I mean, he was a freak of nature back in the early 80s when he came out, 6'4". Uh, 240, 250, around a 4'6", 4'5", and you got to block him. And you got to mentally prepare yourself. And when I went in to prepare to play against him, because he was on the edge, I was the, the left tackle, the blindside tackle, I would work on my pass sets, not against defensive linemen. I would work my sets, no contact, just get used to the speed against our wide receivers because of that speed coming off the edge. So that's how I prepare for him. All right, Jeff, tell me, tell me the truth now. How mental did he get before the weeks were? Oh, my God. There? We helped him with the running back and the tight end chipping him. I mean, Jake had the day off. Come on. <laughs> Not. We were Every offense is right-handed, right? Uh those were great battles. I mean, people do not realize how good the NFC East was in that era. 
And I'm going to explain something. 82, we win the Super Bowl. 83, we lose the Super Bowl. 86, the Giants win the Super Bowl. 87, we win the Super Bowl. 90, the Giants win the Super Bowl again. 91, we win it again. 92 and 3, the Cowboys win it. That's eight victories in 12 years out of three different teams in the same division. That's dominance. Damn, I knew there was a reason why we didn't get a go. And y'all were talking about the Falcons being 12 and 4? Oh, my God. Where's Buddy? No, I'm sorry. Okay. 12 and 4? You'd barely make the playoffs. All right. Talk about – give me some for instances, Jake. Did you get in a guy's head? Were you able to talk to him? I mean, you had Ed Tall jones Harvey Martin. These guys that you – I didn't have to talk to him. Okay. Harvey talked to him. No, Harvey, <laughs> Harvey was worried to death when he was coming to play because I think I broke the mower. I set the standard for linemen this size. Let me, interlude. Third, third. Let, let me interject a little something. I was just a little guy in the middle, okay? He was a little. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I'll He never... held down the average of our offensive line. We would have been heavier. Yeah, but our IQ went up. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. That's debatable. Well, we had Mayday, right? Well, That's true. Wow. We had two guys from Pitt. Yeah, two guys from Pitt, so they had to have a pulse to get in school. Uh, anyway, Harvey Martin, the first time Jake lined up at left tackle, I'm getting ready to get down on the ball. And Harvey was a – I think he talked in his sleep, honestly. He talked all the time. God rest his soul, he's been dead for a while. But he's getting ready to get in his stance, and he stood up. <laughs> I still laugh about this. He said – Damn, Randy, look how big this dude is. <laughs> I'm sitting there laughing over the ball. I still get tickled about it now. <laughs> All right, obviously m- moments for you guys. I mean, Super Bowls, I mean, most of us will never, of course, a lot of us in here will never, ever have a chance to, to realize how that felt. It, was there one that stuck out in particular? Was it the first one? I mean, 70 chip. So for those of you who don't know, one of the short yardage plays for the Redskins, we, we got their offensive coordinator, and then they went on one Super Bowls, and we didn't do anything with it as their offensive coordinator. But one you of the didn't short yardage. You have us. No, that's. <laughs> there you go. We had, they had a short yardage play called 70 chip that went off of Jake's side, and that's the play where you see John Riggins kind of fight through, stumble, get his feet, and run for the touchdown to win the game against the Dolphins. Talk about, is there, is there a memorable well, moment, Jake? Well, I, I, when we look at it, I mean, Jeff and I have been very blessed and fortunate. We played in four Super Bowls. And as Dave and Buddy can attest, uh, the, the, Jeff played 14 years, so I played 13. And you may have the same guys. The majority of the team comes back year to year. But each year that team is different. It's a different makeup, different mindset. You don't know what's, how it's going to turn out. So each one, for me personally, are very special. There are different moments from each one of those games I remember. I know the first Super Bowl for me, Super Bowl 17, is very special in my heart because we won that on my mom's birthday. And my mom had passed away the year before my rookie year in camp. So that holds a special meeting for me. And I would say the second one, well, they're all special, but... Really, I think I remember the last Super Bowl we played. It's up in Minneapolis, and we were we just won the game. And you were there, I was there, Russ and Donnie, and we're sitting in the locker room, and we knew because we knew that 11, the window. I was in we my knew the window. Day. We knew the window was closed yeah. for us to win Super Bowls, and we had a fifth of Jack Daniels. That we passed the. We were probably the last people to leave the yeah, locker room. We needed one more. Too. Yeah, we needed we needed a half gallon of. Yeah, it was Cherwine, but it was in a different bottle. <laughs> but we sat there and 
Well, we're hogs. We didn't care. We just passed it from mouth to mouth. We're we're brothers anyway, right? So Jack, we, Jack Daniels and cigars. And cigars. And you didn't want to go outside because it was about eight below. Who puts a Super Bowl in Minneapolis? <laughs> Honestly, let's get real. In, in late January, Minnesota? Come on. We've got Tampa. We've got... Texas, we've got Miami. Miami, we got warm, we got Pasadena. Why are we going to Minnesota? But getting to Joe's point, our, our first Super Bowl was special. Uh, I felt like our team rode the wave of the Hogs and Riggins. I mean, John set an NFL record for rushing yards during the playoffs. But the 91 team is special to me as well because we had the largest margin of victory in three playoff games in the Super Bowl era ever. And in the 1991 team was recently voted the best team of the first 50, which is pretty special. Yep. You talk about teammates with these guys. Riggins, Riggins played in nine postseason games. Okay, he ran for 996 yards in nine games and 12 touchdowns behind these guys. I mean, that's that, nine games, nine, so over 100 yards per game. I'd do the math for you. Thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, Art Monk. Okay, everybody remember Art Monk? Okay, you've got to be able to catch the football as well. Okay, 940 receptions when Monk retired for over 1,200 yards, almost 1,300 yards. I'm sorry, 12,000 yards, thank you, and 68 touchdowns. That was our tight end that caught that. He had 940 reception for... 14 years is like 940 yards on 940 receptions. <laughs> <laughs> now, those of you who don't know who Donnie Warren was, Donnie, th- these guys implemented a, almost a six-man offensive line. Okay, you had the five big guys, the Hogs, and I would imagine they'd throw Donnie in with them as well. Correct. Donnie played tight end. And in Joe Gibbs' offense, they didn't throw the ball to tight end. Now, they had a move back. They called the H-back that they would throw the ball to. But the tight end was essentially a sixth offensive lineman. Correct. And Donnie always had the coldest beer, if I'm not mistaken. Right. And it was just, you know, you look back on what we did, and sometimes I get, I, I listen to this stuff and watch these Super Bowls come around and hear the people the media talk about all the great teams that played in them. And I'm not trying to toot our own horn and what what we did, but we did some pretty amazing things for a group of guys, and we never get mentioned in any any of these conversations and when they start talking. We were very blessed. We had a great head coach. We had a great owner. And they went out and got what they needed. And we had a great group of guys. I mean, were we unorthodox? Yeah. Did we follow the certain rules? Not all the time. Did we, you know, but, but we, we showed up and we, we, we played on Sunday. We cared about each other. We just finished this past week and we had our alumni weekend for the Redskins. There were 163 former alumni that showed up for the weekend. And the 25th anniversary of our last Super Bowl, Super Bowl 26, how many guys are there? 30? 30 Probably plus? 35. So, yeah, off that team that came back for this weekend. So we got to meet and see these guys. Now, we don't see each other all the time. Of course, with what we have with the texting and emails and all the social media, we all can keep up with each other. But it's great to see somebody face-to-face and hug on them. And it's just like you never, never left that locker room. And it's the same. I mean, we're 30 years older than where we were then. Okay. I mentioned, I mentioned the nickname, the Hogs. And, you know, where does something like, where is something like that born? We've got the guy that can tell you. How do you get the Hogs? Just we look. Were in, we were Just in, look. No, I, I'm very, on, I'm very sleek right now. Back when I was 280, it didn't look like it didn't fit. Really, it, was it, our, fit. it was our left guard. It Russ was our Grimm. left guard, Russ Grimm. <laughs> Bugle looked at Grimm and he went, "Come on, you hogs, let's get down." <laughs> and 
Well, he might have been looking at me, but I didn't give a shit. And <laughs> <laughs> so we went. That's, that's how it started. It started on a whim. And, you know, Joe Bugle was a great teacher of young linemen. And, you know, we needed a rallying point because I'm undrafted. He's, how, how does Joe Jacoby go through 12 rounds of the draft this big and not get drafted? Help me. <laughs> I'm lost. I know I, I can get looked over, but him? Really? You need a cab to get around him. And, you know, we needed a rallying call. And Bukes called us a hog. And then maybe a week later he comes out and he's got these T-shirts with this nasty-looking hog and the redskin emblem on it. And we start – we won a Super Bowl that year, okay? Yeah, but we had to wear it every – We had to wear them at the meeting every Thursday or get yeah. fined $5. <laughs> Now, Bukes five dollars was a lot back then. <laughs> I got a t- I got a chance to be in Washington for a. You guys sit down there, take a load off. I want to sit down. I'm I'm getting tired. Uh, I got a chance to be in Washington in '88. Uh, what after you guys won the Super Bowl? I guess that worked out nicely for me. Um, but I got a chance to meet Joe Bugle, and he was the old line coach. Now, Bugles was a really mild mannered guy, very very quiet, very mild mannered. <laughs> You weren't in our meeting. No, no, no. I, I you sure kid. you were in Washington? I, 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 I kid. <laughs> Joe Buell, we're playing, the, we're playing the, the Cowboys in Dallas. And um, at the time, we, I was on that team, we had a guy named Kelvin Bryant that could run the football, catch it, run it, from North Carolina. He got out of the, he got out of, he got out of the backfield, threw him the football. Mark Rippon threw him a ball in the right flat. He got up the sideline, and just as he was stepping into the white, so his foot's on the white, foot off the ground in the green, Eugene Lockhart, the middle linebacker for Dallas, comes in and unlocks him out of bounds. Just completely rips him in half out of bounds. And they both slide across where they're sliding out. They're about six yards out of bounds. And so I'm standing there, right? I'm standing there looking. All of a sudden, I get thrown out of the way. And Joe Bugle comes in and he goes, you dirty son of a bitch, you dirty. (laughs) That's the way he was, man. And that's the way he coached these guys. He would have gone in and played. There's plenty of stories we could tell you about Joe Bugle. The one that comes to my mind hearing that. So the three of us are in there, Jeff, myself, and Russ. So we had just, I can't remember who we're playing. I just remember the play was bad. There was a sack. And we're all running off the field, the three of us. And we see Bukes. He's not on the sideline anymore. He's to the numbers. And we all take different directions. And he gets rust. And he's just like this in Russ's ear, just chewing and just getting all over him, all the way to the bench. And Russ sits down, and Bukes is still going at him. And Russ gets off takes his helmet off, shoves it in his gut, and said, you could do any better, get your ass out there and do it. <laughs> well, it's all about, uh, the game is all about brothers in arms, and uh, we've got some more guys in the crowd that I want to throw, listen, I want you to recognize that they're out there, and they're, they're out there, they'd love to talk to you. Make sure you remember that the, uh, the silent auction's still going, if you want to drift by and, and, and Put a bid on that as you're using the facilities, whatever you're doing. Chuck Smith is right here, one of the all-time pass rushers in Falcon history. Chuck, stand up, Chuck. Tennessee volunteer. Big-time player right there. Chuck, Chuck has his own camps now. and yeah. tell, tell that story, Chuck. <laughs> no, I was... It was uh, pretty. It was an honor. I think Mark Rippon was at quarterback the year we played at against you guys, and uh, you were already one of the top guys. So I was just happy to be out there. But you just had strong hands. So I learned a lesson that day that uh, I had to also have hands. Yep, you had a big grip. Was that '91? And he headbutted me. Was that '91? Yeah, it was in '92, maybe '91, '92. '91. Yeah, it was '91. Chucked you guys twice, and that. And you grabbed me by the shoulders and pulled me in the headbutt. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you what. I'm gonna tell you what. This guy was a freak of nature. I mean, 
he would get in compromising positions, and you'd see the film, and you'd see this defensive end just, like, lifted up. I'm like, how in the hell do you do that? This guy's 290 pounds, and he's just picking him off the ground. Well, I got a scar from about here to here. I tore my ACL, my MCL, my PCL, my lateral medium meniscus. Other than that, I was good. <laughs> I'm engaged with about a 280-pound man, and Jacoby threw a guy from about me to this little kid in a blue shirt, and he landed on my leg. And, I mean, you can't realize how strong this guy was and why he is not in the NFL Hall of Fame. We're in the College Hall of Fame. Why he is not in the NFL Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio, I have no clue. That is exactly right. Uh, by the way, Torn Knee comes back in 85 and is the NFL Comeback Player of the Year, uh, Jeff Bostic. Okay. That's the, that's the grit. He, he couldn't stand not being out there with his, with his band of brothers, the, the Hogs. Couldn't stand not being out there. I want to point out a couple more guys. Robert Moore in the back back here, one of the safeties for the Atlanta Falcons, one of my teammates. <laughs> Eric Matthews. Eric Matthews does an unbelievable job in the city of Atlanta with his youth programs. Came out of college, went on a 4-2-6. Uh, could jump out of the building, one of the great athletes, but more importantly, Tremendous job with his, with his youth programs. Eric Matthews, welcome to be here, man. Appreciate you here. Floyd Hodge standing right next to him. Floyd played wide receiver, quarterback in college at the University of Utah, came out and uh, was a do-everything guy for us in Atlanta. Of course, you know Bobby Love. There's Bobby Butler standing there, first-round draft pick out of Florida State. Just a couple of guys as we go through the evening I want to point out to you. Fellas, uh, when you talk, we're in the college football mecca here now. The Atlanta host of the, of the College Football Hall of Fame. Um, you guys played in some rivalry games. And I know the, the, the Louisville-Kentucky game was not going on when you were playing at the time, Jake. They didn't right. re- renew it until, like, what, 94, I believe. Fuck like that, yeah. Okay. But this guy played in some of the more heated rivalries, and we're going to ask him a little bit about that. Talk about the, I guess, first of all, the Palmetto State uh, the rivalry there, Clemson in South Carolina. We got a number of South Carolina and Clemson people in the room. Talk about that rivalry and what that meant to you guys. It shuts the state down. It really does. And it's amazing what 80 or 90 guys in a uniform, whether it be burgundy or orange, gives the fans for a 365 day period. You got bragging rights, and, you know, I don't have a lot of use for this guy, but I'm going to bring up his name. Steve Superior, I mean Spurrier. (laughs) They beat Clemson for five in a row, and I was getting on a plane about a year and a half, two years ago, and he's sitting up in first class with his little visor on, and when he was coaching, I was doing the preseason television. So I said, Coach, Jeff, he said, I thought that was you. You know the old ball coach, how he talks? And, and he goes, you're a Clemson guy, aren't you? I said, yeah. I don't know why we've had their number. I mean, Taj Boyd and Sammy Watkins and the players, they've just got some good players, but they, they just can't seem to beat us. I said, you keep chirping, big boy. It'll come back. <laughs> <laughs> that South Carolina rivalry was great. And... Um, my freshman year, South Carolina was like 17th or 18th in the country, and we were we were two six and two. Rivalry weekends are the best week of college football because you never know what's going to happen. We beat them 28 to nine, and the following year, with about the same talent. We go 8-3, and three and Clemson goes to a bowl for the first time in 18 years. The following year when Junior was a freshman, we go 11-1 and finish fifth in the country. Hold on. We're getting to you, Scott. Who Hang on a one? second, Scott. Hang on. We're going to get to you. We're go- we're gonna I don't know. Maybe, maybe we're, the we're athlete. Gonna- 
the Georgia athletic you. director beat us because we played them in 77 and beat them in Athens and had to go back in 78? Are you kidding me? Wouldn't you know the dog would, uh, would pipe How are y'all doing there? this year? How you like Kirby? <laughs> well, we might as well we – could, we could segue into what was the, – What was the coach that only won nine and a half games a year? Where's he at? Yeah, he's, oh. in, he's in Miami right now. Uh, so let's, let's segue that direction. We've got a couple of Bulldogs in the room. Kevin Butler, College Football Hall of Famer, right back here. When he retired, he was Chicago Bears' all-time leading scorer. Kevin Butler right there. And, of course, the aforementioned Scott Warner, one of the great defensive backs in Georgia football history and a college football Hall of Famer himself. And uh, so that's the segue to Georgia and Clemson. Do you, wanna, do you have any more do you want to add to that? That was leave, a great rivalry. It really was. It was, it was a 60, 70-mile differential. But, you know, for those schools to be that close, and we used to play every year. I mean, we played them all four years I was at Clemson. And it was two and two. And, Georgia, you needed to pack a sack lunch. And I'm sure George will tell you if they came to Clemson, you better pack a sack lunch too. It was a uh, knockdown drag out. Great statistic. Georgia and the University of South Carolina, I hate saying that. It doesn't even flow off my mouth well. They had two Heisman Trophy winners back-to-back, one George Rogers and a Herschel something. What was his name? <laughs> Walker, okay. They played a combined seven games against Clemson. They had no touchdowns in seven games. How competitive was that game? I mean, it was, it was tough. Pretty good stat. Yeah, it's a real good stat. By the way, he mentioned George Rogers, and, and we should mention George. Corey Bridges is with us, too, wide receiver from South Carolina. Say hello to Corey. He was part of that rivalry as well, uh, played wide receiver in that rivalry. Appreciate you, Corey, for being here. Uh, George Rogers wanted to be with us tonight. Uh, George is having a few medical issues. I mean, if you've been around George, he would love this evening because his smile is as big as the building. So I think we owe it to George to make sure we smile and have a good time tonight because he certainly wanted to be here with us tonight, and hopefully next year we can get George down here with that big smile and uh, have him be a part of this thing as well. Um, Jake, SEC, uh, you didn't play uh, Louisville. Was there a team or a moment that stood out for you? I was wondering when we were going to start talking about Louisville. I know they've just recently come onto the football scene here over the last – Probably, what, 15 years, 20 years, maybe? What was the old Metro division? What were you guys in back in those days? (laughs) Back in the 70s and 80s was the Missouri Valley. Missouri Valley, okay. Missouri Valley Conference, and we played the big teams of Drake. I don't think they even exist anymore. No, they're still there. They're in Des Moines, Iowa. Drake. There's no wonder you didn't get drafted. (laughs) (laughs) That's one of the reasons, yes. But uh, some pretty good players on that team with you, though, weren't you? You know, there were some teams. We always we were one of the, we were that team that uh, the, as early in the year, so that we played the game where we got the money. Yeah. So we played the Florida States and the, the Alabamas and stuff like that. So I've been on those games where we you lose fifty-two to nothing and stuff like that. I remember where's Bobby at? We played down at Florida State at my senior year. I was the only senior on the offensive line. I think we had five seniors that year. And we're down there playing down there in Florida State. <laughs> and that uh, the chief, whatever you call him, rides on that horse. And he throws that spear and that arrow with flames right there at our bench. And we had nothing but sophomores and freshmen on the team. And their eyes went like, like that. I said, that was a long night. That was a real long night. <laughs> so I have been on the other end of, of the stick for that. So, you know, somebody, I, I was thinking this out there before we came up here, and somebody said to me, when was, what was the first game you saw in the NFL? 
It's when I stepped on the field to play the preseason game. That was the first game you ever saw? First game I ever saw. Wow. First game I ever played. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. First... So, I mean, it's kind of, you, you think about these things. Have, sure. So, uh, it, it's, uh, it was a unique ride, uh, how I end up where I ended up. But uh, Louisville has emerged. They're playing very well this year. Uh, what they got there and what the athletic director there, Tom Jurek, has done a remarkable job just not with football, but all the athletic programs down there. Every time you turn on, they just built a 25 million plus baseball stadium. They got a 5 million plus field hockey stadium. Basketball arena is unbelievable. Oh, the yeah, center is phenomenal. Basketball. So it, 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 the program's done well. They do a great, great job down there. And it's we'll all part of that. Is, that. is that the Jacoby money? Is that the Joe Jacoby uh, money? No. <laughs> No you got to remember, we played in the 80s, <laughs> not any, the 2000s. Didn't make any money. <laughs> yeah. these, guys, these guys today, they go, man, we play in a salary cap. I said, you have no clue. <laughs> you have none. 19, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask a question. I, I want to see a couple hands. And the first one I see, my rookie year was 1980. What was my salary? Raise your hand if you think you can guess it. Right back here. How much? Thirty-two is a great answer. I made thirty-five thousand. I told people I made more than that at Clemson. <laughs> well, the reason the reason that guy knew that's how to why answer was that now. the reason that guy knew how to answer that is that's Auburn great and Falcon great Ring of Honor member William Andrews right back there, folks. Will Will never saw never saw anything less than six figures when he was playing. <laughs> Oh man! Well, we talk salaries. I mean, mine's yeah. was mine's was the same way. My first year, signing bonus was a steak and cheese sub, <laughs> and I got thirty-six thousand dollars. This this was the salary of our starting offensive line in Super Bowl Seventeen, the Hogs. Jacoby, forty-six thousand. Correct. Russ Graham. Fifty-five. Yours truly, fifty. Fred Dean, seventy-seven. George Stark, one fifteen. Take that in half. And they told us, uh, and we we were on strike for eight games, so cut that in half. And the NFLPA had just negotiated the new deal, and basically. If you win the three playoff games, you can make $70,000. Are you kidding us? So my 23000 just went to seventy. Our eyes. Jake was talking about somebody's eyes getting big when they told us that. <laughs> we went, we're in on this. Count us in. Here we come. We'll be there. You gotta, all you got to do is win? <laughs> we're here. That's classic. I think I made sixty-five my rookie year, seventy-five hundred to sign. You didn't get a signing bonus, did I got 5, you? Five thousand to sign. How about that? One of the all-time, one of the all-time great line. I'll be both of you. I got this cheesesteak. Cheesesteak. <laughs> <laughs> got a cheesesteak. Was it big? Uh, I got fries with it too. <laughs> Former Falcon Kenny Oxendine, right back here. Say hello to Kenny. Just gonna kind of sprinkle in the guys that that are in the room, Kenny. It's some good stuff here in Atlanta. Uh, when you start thinking about, oh, by the way, kids, uh, who's the starting quarterback for Louisville right now? Anybody know? See that? Lamar Jackson. They know your guy. Lamar Jackson. He may win the Heisman Trophy, right, guys? You know who our starting quarterback was when I played at Louisville? I do, and I, I'm, I'm going to screw it up. I know who it is. Who said that? Stu Stramp. Hank Stram's son. Stu Stram, nice. He was all five foot six. Taller all right. Hank. If you By guys, inch. you guys have any questions, that's why we have the mic out there. I want you guys to throw your hand in the air and we'll come around with a mic. This is not exclusive to us chatting up here. You guys want to throw something at these guys? Remember, these are the best as far as being able to handle anything, the offensive line. For whatever reason, they don't ever let them talk. 
anytime you ever see the it's the quarterback, wide receiver, running back, you never hear these guys. These guys are the smartest guys on the team. Chuck Smith has a question. I also remember growing up, I was a huge fan of the Redskins. You guys had one of the all-time great fun celebrations in the end zone, the fun bunch. How do you right. guys feel about the new NFL where they're kind of, you know, uh, stopping the guys from celebrating when you guys had five guys in the end zone, you know, celebrating every time they score a touchdown on the pass? I think we're the reason that came about. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it, it, it's supposed to be a game. It's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to celebrate. You just scored a touchdown. Celebrate. And then uh, everything has escalated from it, the, you know, fights breaking out and all that. I, I think it, it shouldn't be that way. I think it's a celebration. Your teammates have scored and they want to celebrate. And what happens, uh, I think it was the Dallas game, we scored down there. The fun bunch comes up and start doing their fun bunch ordeal. And here comes the Dallas secretary in there to not let them do it on their turf. This is down in their stadium. So I think some of that escalated and all that, and they're just trying to prevent things. But I think you're taking the fun out of the game, in my opinion. I think that's what it is. It's still a game. But you got to be honest, Jake. Offensive lineman and defensive lineman, you're so tired by that point. If somebody scores, you don't give a damn if they jump up and down or not. Be be real. Let's go. You get like a 12-play drive, and you're going to get in there and celebrate? No. You're, you're walking, not jogging, walking to the sideline. But, but I think it's, uh, it's taking some of the fun out of football, you know? This was an expression of fun. You're not sitting there taunting somebody. You're not waving the ball or throwing it at them. The fun bunch just had their little celebration in the end zone. Buddy, last thing, last thing and I know we've got to move on. Again, continue to, to make sure you to spend some money. Remember, all this money is going to go directly to, to kids and pros, and, and you're hearing some of the things you've heard from Buddy, heard from me, some of the things they're doing Look at some of the pitchers around. Look how much they're impacting these kids' lives, the, the opportunity, the mentoring that's going on. It's not just football. You hear these stories about these guys could tell you so much more about life with one another as opposed to the game. The game was a fleeting part. Any of these guys in here will tell you that. One thing I will say, and I would like these guys to talk about this just for a second, bud. Uh, we're seeing kids being limited to one sport. Not a believer in it. Okay, I don't buy it. I don't believe in it. I think it limits guys. I think kids should play more sports. I encourage any parent out there, make sure they play more than one sport. These guys were multi-sport guys and really good in a lot of sports. And I'd be willing to bet you, and we'll ask them, how did that affect them moving forward in their own sport? Well, when I was in high school, I was a three-sport guy. I played baseball, wrestled, and played football. There were three paths in my mind that were going to allow me to go to college. First, wrestling. I was 188 pounds as a senior, 188, state champion. Second, baseball. I, I batted 421 my senior year. He had eight home runs and had like 50 RBIs. Not that he remembers the, last thing, <laughs> the last thing was football. He was reciting that all the way down. Yeah, I had to... <laughs> Wikipedia, it was called Oldipedia. But I was telling one of the reporters that were interviewing me earlier, the only person that limits what we can achieve is us, but I would not limit my child to playing one sport. You're going to kind of get targeted, and you see some kids that have tremendous growth spurts, or you see kids that it clicks in. They understand the sport that they like. Or they, they see another one that, you know, they can excel at. And don't limit yourself and say, I'm going to the NFL. Pal, you're five foot six, you're 150 pounds. You're not going to the NFL. Okay? Find your niche. And I was fortunate enough two years ago to get inducted to the North Carolina Sports Hall of Fame. And this guy came up behind me and taps me on the shoulder. His name was Bill Lamb. 
He was a wrestling coach at the University of North Carolina. He said, I was this close to having you. I said, no, you were that close to having me. I was so close to going to college to wrestle. But he said, you made the right choice. <laughs> I agree with Dave here. <clears throat> I'm Jeff. Enjoy. Enjoy your youth. Find out, like Jeff says, what you're good at. It may not be sports, but don't limit yourself. I play football and basketball. Baseball, no, I wasn't 421, but had that. I think they asked me to go out for track and field to throw the shot. Track coach says, come on out, you don't have to run. So I went out the first day. He goes, all right, everybody go. Take off running. I said, wait a minute, I'm just throwing the shot in the disc. He goes, no, everybody run. I said, no, I had enough running because with football and basketball and all that, I think it, it improves the whole athlete, your skill sets, by playing the multiple sports. You don't limit yourself to the one sport where you concentrate on that one area. Basketball helps you with your agility and baseball and wrestling is great for football. They all inter intermix. So enjoy it. Do not listen to these guys that you need to play one sport. Please, I mean, enjoy your youth, enjoy your high school, play them all. This, this, is, a, this is a couple guys that have five daughters. <laughs> all right, last, my last story. Uh, we had fleeting yeah, moments. Oh, you still got 10 minutes? Okay, well, then I can get these guys to tell a story. Here's my last one, and I'll let these guys tell some stories. Uh, playing the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, and some of the guys, Philadelphia Eagles, we're, some of the guys remember this. We're 4-0. I mean, the city's flying. They're digging us because they hated us before. So now they're digging us. We're, we're 4-0. HBO inside the NFL came to town. Buddy and I were on the show. I mean, it was, we, were, we were living large. These, this is something these guys did every week. But it was fleeting for us. So here come the Eagles. They're undefeated. Buddy Ryan had just gone from the defensive quarter of the Chicago Bears to the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. And they're coming in with their famed 46 defense. Okay? And they've got a cast of characters that weren't quite as good as the Bear characters, but pretty good when you talk about Reggie White and some of the guys that were on that team. So I get out of the pocket early in the game, run to the sideline, and you knew that they wanted to make it physical. I get out of bounds, and I'm I'm a good two steps out of bounds. Andre Waters, God rest his soul, Andre Waters chops my knee out from underneath me. I get up. It's a bench-clearing brawl. Scott Case comes flying over the top and jacks him in the side of the head. I mean, it's oh, they, they separate us. Well, I knew what was going on. I walk to the I'm, – I'm, I leave the pile. I'm headed towards the Philly sideline. I walk over. I kick my helmet up, and I go, buddy, you dirty, rotten SOB. I knew you sent him after me. And he, he's kind of trying to hear me. And, he kicks his headset down. He, get back in the huddle, punk. We're coming again. <laughs> they sacked me eight times that day. I didn't, it didn't work out for me. Buddy just asked, how many, how many people have heard of John Riggins? Yeah, okay. He said, tell a couple Riggins stories. My, my fr first year. But don't include Sandra Day O'Connor, please. Thank you. I, I, I walk into the Redskin meeting room, and there was a petition about a third of the room, and the, but they opened it all up for the general meeting. So there was one door on the right, another one, and I looked into the room. I'm a rookie. I'm just glad to get a seat. So I walked down to this desk on the very end of the back and almost sat down, and the veterans go, whoa, 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 you can't sit there. That's Reagan's seat. That's the year he took the sabbatical. He took the year off. I said, well, he's not here. I said, you don't sit in somebody's chair. So I learned possession, as all the NFL guys know. If you, once you touch it, it's yours until you leave. And, well, Rigo comes back the next year and was there for like the next five or six years. But we had a Monday night game in San Diego. So we fly to San Diego and get on the buses, and we're heading to the hotel, and we're 
going beautiful park. I mean, it was La Jolla. It was beautiful. We we stayed in some nice restaurants. We went to some nice restaurants, had some nice hotels. I see the beach on the left, and I see all this commercial stuff on the right. I'm riding in bus three, and I see this big billboard, margaritas, two for the price of one. So as soon as I read it, I hear but. I hear Riggins in the back. Hey, Butsy, this has got our name written all over it. So they show up at the hotel. They get out and get their room keys. Now, Dave Butts is about six foot six, 315 pounds, basically a Coke machine with a head, okay, with a big head. His head's huge. He had the biggest helmet I've ever seen. But he and Riggins get in the car, and they go off. Well, they come back about five hours later. Butts is fine. John is trashed. So we walked him into the meeting room and sat him down in the very back. I said, just stay there. Don't move. So Dan Henning puts the 16 mil. It's going back and forth. You kids aren't old enough to know what 16 millimeter. We, we, we had cassette tapes. You know what those are? I didn't think so. Before that. <laughs> so... We get about five or ten minutes into the meeting, and the film's running, and I hear these chairs banging around in the back. Well, John has gone and got two more chairs. He didn't want to sit there. He wanted to lay there. So I'd watched this film like two or three times this week, so I said, I know when it's getting toward the end, and I'll go wake him up. So Jake is sitting right in front of me. Russ is sitting. He had a black cowboy hat. I'll never forget it. So we spend another five or six minutes of film study, and you hear this. And I remember Russ's head looking up in the ceiling. I turned around. John is urinating at our meeting room. And obviously the Mexican joint did not have bathroom facilities because he went for like a minute and a half. I thought it was a fire hose or something back there. And <laughs> I'm, I'm tapping Jake and Russ. I said, slide up. We're going to get wet. <laughs> I said, we're scooting our chairs. And this hand hit my shoulder. And here comes the tequila. He says, hey, little buddies, don't leave me now. <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, self, we don't need this. I'm only five. I'd love to get my pension before I got cut. But the dude was unbelievable. I mean, he, he is, could uh, go out. He could go out and run the street, and he'd show up the next day for the game. Amazing. Well, uh, I won't get that. Those type of stories, but uh, on the playing field, uh, John was a a beast. I mean, really a beast. And I remember we were playing the NFC Championship game, Cowboys. So we're in the huddle, and it's fourth and one, and we need to pick up this first down. And then, uh, so we're in the huddle, and Theismann calls the play. Russ looks over, just like this. Riggins is across from me in the huddle, and Theismann's over here. So Russ, and Russ yells at John. He goes, hit me right between the numbers. So Russ's number is six and eight. So we go up. The ball, the cadence going through the cadence, snap, and we all come off. And you can hear all the bodies, you know, hitting each other. And they can hear rust air just come out of his lungs. And then we're laying down on the ground. I'm laying on the side, and I can see the pile back this way. And Riggins is on top of Russ, the face mask, the face mask. And all John said was the Russ bullseye <laughs> hit him right between the six and eight we picked up the first down but I don't think Russ never told him to hit him between the numbers again <laughs> you didn't want that big boy running up your back people don't realize he was about 245 or 50 pounds John Riggins was a big man Ooh. and I'm going to tell you we caught him at a ladder stick another quick fact about John Riggins he is the only running back in NFL history, that gained more yards in his 30s than his 20s. But 
I got one more Rigo story. We lost to the Eagles at one time, and Gibbs came in, and we didn't lose to them very often. I mean, we kicked their ass a lot. (laughs) And it seemed like the Giants had our number for a while. The NFC East was crazy. But Gibbs had these goals, offensive goals, and it'd be like six of those, and defensive goals and special teams. Well, Joe broke the overhead projector. Well, John, I don't think he went home that night. And he showed up in the meeting. And there was a brown bag with what appeared to be a bit of liquor in it beside his desk. And I went, big boy, you didn't go home, did you? He said, nah. So Gibbs goes over the reminders, and he breaks the overhead projector. Then he wants it to work again. Okay, coach, you're not that smart. <laughs> Riggins raises his hand when Joe says, let's, let's split up and watch the." film and get better and I see John raising his hand I was like oh no he said Joe I was wondering if I could say something what's Joe Gibbs going to say to Riggins come on he said sure he said I've had a few cocktails and I expect to be fine he says but I'm going to tell you this is the best head coach you're ever going to play for he said trust me boys I've been around the block He said, I'm going to challenge everybody in this room to work as hard as this running back does to get ready for next week's opponent. He said, Joe, I expect you to find me because I'm going home. And he walked out of the meeting. (laughs) (laughs) One other, I'll finish up. You got one? You got one? I got one. Okay. So uh, John had the ritual. You saw him, I don't know, playing the game. He always sucked on the oxygen after every snap. A lot of things, a lot of people don't realize what he did before the game. So John, who enjoyed his entertainment, his uh, fun off the field, would come in on Sundays or whenever we played and to get ready for the game. Usually he's feeling the effects of the night before. So John would go back in the training room with the doctors. John would get a shot of B12, and the other thing he would get was an enema. John, the B12 would dry him up, and the enema would clean him out. And that, he did that every game. That's a lot more information than we need. <laughs> good, good description, though, Jake. That was pretty but good. But the oxygen was also helping with sure. the after effects during the game. So, uh, you know, everybody can criticize of what he did and how he handled himself and all that. I will tell you one thing. I know who to count on when we lined up on Sunday because I wasn't going to get in his, his way. And I knew we had a little opening hole for him. He was going to pick up the first down or he was running over somebody. Uh, he's got a gold jacket for a reason. One of the Hall of Famers. As we continue to talk about teammates that are in the room, I want to mention another one of mine, Lynn Kane, standing right over here, one of the all-time great Falcon running backs, won a national championship at USC. Floyd, you had something? Hey, my name is Floyd Hodge. I just wanted to share a little, little story. You know, you know, and all these guys can, can, can uh, attest to this, that when you guys, uh, when we play ball, you know, we meet certain people on the field. Like he comes from Louisville, he comes from Clemson. But the the time that you meet these guys, it's a it's a long lifetime uh, relationship that you have. I got guys that I went to elementary with. I don't even have the kind of relationship with them that I have with these guys that I play with. And it's a long, long, long time to to be involved with someone and and just have that good love and that that feeling of uh, just being side-by-side side in the trenches with guys. So that's one of the special things about playing this game is that you meet guys that you have a relationship for, for a long time. The one thing that I want to say is that uh, some of my fondest memory is not on the field, not what we did on the field. It's always something that you get to, get to do off the field that you get to learn something about that person. You get to really know their personality. On the field, you know, you know what they can do on the field. But... I, there's a time that uh, I used to always bring these rookies to my room, and uh, and I'd do this little trick on them. You know, I lay out a whole line of cards, 
<laughs> and I'll flip the, you know, I'll let them flip the card over. I get on the phone, make a phone call, and that person on the other end, all they do is say, hey, your card is a whatever it is they pull. <laughs> and uh, so every time we would do it, and this person was spot on, he would get that card right every single time. And I just want to tell that person <laughs> that uh, every time they were little rookies, you know, I didn't make a whole lot of money. So every time they would come over and do it, you know, they would, they would just jump up and down when that person on the other end is, it would say, your card is a jack of diamonds. But I would charge them, you know, uh, you know $20, and they would lose. <laughs> so that person on the other end, I just want to tell you, Dave. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, I was man. the guy on the other end of the line. Yeah. <laughs> you remember that? We, uh, we made a lot of beer money for that. Yes, we did. <laughs> That was that was a lot of fun. Floyd, we call Floyd the Wizard. He was the wizard. Yeah, that was the wizard. That was the name of the trick. I he, said, let me call the wizard for you. He's gonna tell you what your card is. And then flip that card. <laughs> no, it's that's great. He's exactly right. We 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 uh, that's what you do, you did to rookies. And uh, there were a lot of thought of times when we had things that we we played. The hazing thing has kind of gone out now. Guys got a little bit overboard with it and all that kind of stuff. But. Uh, but we had a lot of fun. This, the, really, the moral of the story that Floyd's trying to tell you and what these two guys have been talking about is the brotherhood. And I'm talking to the young kids up here. You get a chance to play this game. Uh, it's really fun to be able to go and play together and all the things you do, riding the bus together, uh, seeing each other in the, in, the, in the hallways at school together, all those type of things. But you just heard it from two, two guys that were, and I said it from the beginning, Two of the best that played their position. Okay, got to kind of think about that for a second now. Think about all the years of NFL football. These are two of the best that played the game at their position. Great pleasure to share the stage with these two guys. Appreciate it. Thank you. Wasn't that great? Um, And and here's just reiterate what was just said is that these guys love each other. They had a chance to play at the highest level for a lot of years, won Super Bowls, and they love each other. And they get together all the time. When, you, when they get together, you're talking about the stories flowing. It, it, it's really incredible. This guy right here, Bobby Butler, the guys that are in this room that I play with, I love these guys. And I'm not afraid, I'm not too manly to say I love these guys. And I would do just about anything for them. That's football. All this stuff about concussions and trying to take away the game and all that. Please don't do that. Let's make the game safer. Let's change the game. And a lot of great things are happening to do that. But I do want to bring you guys to attention. If you're on the stage and you got drafted in the NFL, raise your hand. Three free agents. If you are a free agent and you're an NFL player guest here, raise your hand. Eric Matthews, Matthews, a free agent. Were you a free agent? Corey's a free agent. Floyd's a free agent. Um, Robert Moore's a free agent. Guys, they weren't even drafted. And 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 you got you got great you got great players and great people. I want to get kids in front of these people. Now we're not going to tell John Reagan stories to the kids. Okay, so just relax on that. When I want to get these guys in front of kids, Joe Jacoby has come to several of our camps. And it's really neat because here's this big guy out there, and he's sweating. I mean, he's down there with the kids, and he's working with the kids, and he's sweating. It's interesting. The offensive linemen, when they work our camps, work harder than just about anybody else with the kids. They put their heart and soul into it. That's, that's the coolest thing. But I just thought about you got, you, got, you got 14 years in NFL, 14 years professional, 13, 14. 14 and 13, and were free agents, didn't even get drafted. Bobby Butler, 12 years, he got drafted. Six, uh, eight years for me, second round. Chuck, how many years did you play? Huh? Ten, and in what round were you? Second round. They, they outshine us with the number of years they play. It, 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 isn't that cool? That's really cool. So, because y'all made more money than we did. <laughs> we had to play longer. No, remember, remember the 70000 from the Super Bowl. Yeah, that kind of eclipsed the you know, eclipse. Three, Three times. times. <laughs> I remember that. I want to thank David Archer, Joe Jacoby, 
and Jeff Bostic. Y'all give them another big hand, please. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.